Welcome everyone, this is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, and thank you for joining us yet again as we journey through the book of Ephesians. Um, and today uh, we are in chapter 4, uh, verses 20 to 27. A lot of stuff to do today, and a lot of good stuff concerning the tension of man in this new life of Christ. Uh, a lot of of good reminders of what it means to be putting on. Well, what does that mean to be putting on and how is it put on, right? And well, at the end of the day, uh, the victory of what this putting on the new self is all about. So join us today. Thank you for joining me wherever, however, whenever this may be for you. But I pray that this, uh, this word may go well with you. Why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for the newness of life given to us in the water and word of holy baptism. Lord, we know that by the gift of your grace, as you have claimed us to be your own through this water and word, Lord, you have robed us with your righteousness. Bless us in this newness of life, that though we face many temptations and struggles, there, Lord, you call us to repentance as we rest in your forgiveness and proceed in the newness of life. Lord, bless us in your study and, and, and guide us in your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, if you've missed anything of previous studies or you're joining us for the first time, please use our uh, YouTube channel, like and subscribe, <coughs> and do all those things so that you are up to date with what we are doing here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park. California. It is a hot one today, probably 100 degrees outside, uh, but yet, um, wow, what a beautiful day it is uh, to be here with you in the Word. So yes, check out our uh, YouTube channel. There's a lot of stuff there. We update it probably four times a week. So it's very important that you stay up to date um, as you uh, keep, keep in touch uh, with what we are doing throughout the week. So today, as we continue, in Ephesians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, uh, please bring that out as you will need it. Uh, if you have um, a notebook uh, to take some notes, that'd be also great. Uh, but enjoy this time. This is growing time. This is how we grow up. This is growing up, of course. Uh, and here we are together in the living word, eternal word of God. All right. Let's begin. Um, in context, today we start off with verse 20 of chapter 4, and here we see, again, St. Paul, uh, as we see in chapter 4, uh, really writing to the Ephesians uh, about this unity, of course, about the unity of the body that is in Christ Jesus, that we are called to uh, build one another up in love in the spirit of truth, that we speak this spirit uh, of love, or that we speak in love in the spirit of truth. Um, and there we proceed in this oneness of Christ. Again, this oneness, all by the grace of God, all by his blood, the gospel. All right. Uh, last week, uh, continuing on in verse 17, uh, we know the new life. Again, he, he, he describes the new life, but yet he describes it in such a great way that he reminds them of their old life. As we see in verse 17 and 18, uh, no longer walking as the Gentiles too in the futility of their minds, darkened in their minds, um, in their understanding, alienated from God. As we see in verse 18, 
callous they become in verse 19. This callousness becomes rooted in sensuality, greed, and every type of impurity is practiced. Right? We see the progression of, of what that old destructive self can do. But again, this is where St. Paul lays down the kibosh, right? Verse 20, but that, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Right? Learning Christ, what does that mean? Right? What does it mean to learn Christ? Um, how do we proceed in what it means to be learning Christ? Now again, uh, th- this all goes back to what? Learning and teaching and being catechized, at the end of the day, the law and the gospel. Right, the law shows us our sin as we f- live um, in fear, love, and trust God above all things, that we revere His name, that we humbly submit to His very word, and, and there by the very law, uh, we not only learn and acknowledge our sin, as St. Paul says, through the law comes the knowledge of sin, but also, what? That we hear and receive the saving knowledge that is the will of God, that is the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, the gospel. Right? We're not like the old self, St. Paul says, where they're walking in their calloused hearts that, that, that are so hardened that they are craving and, and living indifferent, apathetic, persistent in their sin without any repentance at all in the futility of their minds with this paganism just boiling um, constantly. No, as we learn Christ, as the law is written on our hearts, indeed, we are convicted of our sin. And not only are we convicted of our sin, but we repent in this life of faith. It takes faith, doesn't it? Faith uh, uh, that God gives to us by his very word. And there, when we fall short into sin, we repent. Now, in that repentance, what happens? Of course, right? Uh, that the Lord is just, uh, and when we repent, the Lord is just, and he will uh, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's Jesus. And this is what it means to learn Christ. It's not get yourselves out of this darkened state. It is Christ who is the true light, who has overcome the world, has delivered you from this darkened state. Right? It is seeing your sin for what it truly is and, and, and confessing and knowing full well that you bring nothing to the table because we in our flesh ever since the fall is, are, are darkened uh, by this sin and the fall of Adam and Eve. Sorry, I'm getting into it already. Uh-oh. Let's see where this goes, right? Anyways, the point is, is that this is not who they are any longer. Now, learning Christ isn't simply... Well, I just got to be better. I'm going to be a better Christian. I got to do better, right? I got to try my hardest and be better and label myself piously better and faithful. And, and then I will put on the new self. No, learning Christ is only outside of yourselves. It's the pure grace of God in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The death and resurrection of our Lord, free gift, baptism, free gift, right? Word and sacrament. And that is where these gifts are bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ alone. Right? The Word, 
the law gospel, the sacrament, the supper, baptism, absolution as we confess our sins. This is where we receive that very learning Christ. We learn Christ more and more because it's not about you or me. We learn Christ because it needs to be Christ. It needs to be his work. The sacraments, this is God's work. The word made flesh, this is God's work. The Apostles' Creed, that is God's gracious work. And at the end of the day, we learn the redemption. We reside in the redemption. We rest in the consolation knowing full well that, that our assurance and certainty is Christ alone. That is learning Christ. Not, this is how Christ is your life coach. Not, Christ is your guru. Not, Christ is your mere example that you have to follow to save yourself. No. Learning Christ is only Christ. Right? As St. John the Baptist says, in order for Christ to increase, I must decrease. Yes, and for us too. There is that increase of Christ and decrease of self, increase of what he has done, less of ourselves, completely Christ, only Christ, and this is what the faith life is all about. It's only Christ. Okay, so this is what they learned, right? So therefore, they are no longer darkened in their understanding. They're no longer alienated in life from God, right? They're no longer hardness. They don't have this hardness of heart. But St. Paul says in verse 22, what does he say right there? Read it with me. He says, uh, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So, St. Paul now is progressing to the tension that is at hand. Put off the old self. Right? What does that mean, to put off your old self? That is, as he continues, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds. How are we renewed in the spirit of our minds? By the very word and sacrament. Put off. Galatians 3.27 Whoever has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. Put off your old self. Because you have the new life right now. Old and new. Here we see the tension that is at hand. All throughout this text, the old man or the old flesh and the new self. And how do we, you know, and, and this is the thing, you know, when we talk about the new life and we say, the word new right here, we very well know that in this newness, there's also something that is old. Whenever there is light, there is also dark. Whenever there is good, there is also evil. And in this context, when we talk about tension of the old and new, we have put on the new self, all by the new life of Christ, or by the life of Christ that has been given to us in learning Christ, faith in the law and the gospel, the word and the sacrament, where there, St. Paul implores us and all the Ephesians to, to do what? To put off the old self. Now, how is that done, right? And this is where, well, this is why I brought up Galatians 3.27. 
that in the gift of baptism, we must ask, what does baptism indicate? What does baptism indicate? And this is my catechetical moment here. Uh, so I'll open my catechism, and I will, uh, I will read this for you. But as I, as I get there, it reads this. It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. So what does baptism indicate? That by daily contrition and repentance, that sorrow for sin, we repent, we confess our sins, and be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and there the new man shall emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Right? So when we talk about baptism, we talk about putting off the old self, it is this call to repentance and faith in Christ. It's a constant, right? This is the tension, to put off the old, dwell in the new, and that is by, at the end of the day, repentance. Contrition, which is sorrow for sin, but also that confession of our sin in the faithful words of repentance. And there, as we are daily drowned and die in our sins, we are raised to the newness of life, and this is what baptism indicates. Daily, not just once in a while, but daily we live in the baptismal life. You know, uh, some people do the sign of the cross, right? And that is not ritual. That is a reminder to, to which the name Uh, that we were baptized into, right? And it's a reminder of the newness of life that we live right now. Now, renewed in the Spirit, put on your new self, right? So in contrition and repentance, Romans 6, uh, connected to Christ's death and resurrection, but also um, in his death we are buried, but also raised to the newness of life, right? Of course, the newness, the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, this is what our Lord gives to us by his very promise. Stripping off of the old and and putting on the new, living in the restorative promise of our Lord, and that is uh, his grace, uh, that is the gospel. Um, and, And this is the tension that we face. Like, we know that we are new, but yet we still face the old self that continues to war against us. You know, that's the thing about being a believer. You know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. We're we're actually seeing things that we've never seen before, right? We see a spiritual war. We see a spiritual battle, uh, the tentatio, the, the, the spiritual attacks from the devil himself. We see the flesh, the world, all these things that we've never seen before. As I said at Bible study, darkness cannot see darkness, Because when you're already in darkness, there is no other delineation. Is that a word? I know delineate is a word, but is that the right context? Anyways, there is no, um, you can't see darkness when you are already living in the dark. But yet when you are in the light 
And when darkness is uh, uh, attacking, you definitely see that distinction. Just like the new self that you live in, covered by the blood of, blood of Christ and the water of the word, there when the old self comes, you definitely see that distinction. And that is what he is really bringing up here about the tension of, of putting off the old and putting on the new. And how is that putting on and putting off all about? Right? Putting off this call of faith to repent, contrition, repentance, and putting on the new, that life of faith, knowing full well that we are in the likeness of God. Why don't we read verse 24 here? And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Putting on is not your act. Putting on is dwelling upon what has been given to you in the water and word, the holy garment the garment of righteousness in your baptism. So put on the new self, you know? Can I go to Walmart and go to the new self aisle and, well, pick up the garment, buy it, and wear it, and be new? I mean, it's like going to the the Walmart or to any department store and going to the, the new inspirational self-help book aisle saying, if I read this book, then I'll be new, right? Or I'll, I'll, I'll earn the steps and gain the techniques uh, to become the new man. And no, that's, that's not the case. Rather, putting on the new self is dwelling upon what God has given to you in the Word and Sacrament. This is all God's work. You're not putting anything on yourself. Baptism wasn't your work. The supper is in your work. The gospel is in your work. It's all Jesus' work. It's all Jesus' institution. It's by his institution that he has promised you these very benefits of what he institutes through his means of grace. Right? So, putting off the old, putting on the new. Putting off the old, putting on the new. Putting off the old, putting on the new. I think we could dance together here. We could dance. Yeah, we're dancing. We're dancing, right? And this is kind of that pendulum, right? That, that tension that we face. And I want you to see this. I think when we talk about the greatest deception of the devil is not to distinguish what is darkness or what is light. The greatest deception of the devil is to bring you spiritual apathy and indifference to what is really happening. And the devil always desires for you to live on the surface as if the surface is all that there is. See, when we are baptized into Christ, my seminary professor would say, we are entering into the apocalyptic battle with sin, the devil, and the world. We see things uh, so differently than what we have ever seen before. I always tell people who are new to the faith that as I teach them, what you are learning will open your eyes to the realm to which you've never seen before in your carnal flesh. Yes, daunting it may be at first sight, but yet at the same time, comforting it is. As we dwell upon these words, put on your new self. Dwell into what God has given to you in the one true faith. And that is his word. The likeness of God. Holiness. Righteousness. Jesus. The likeness of God. Adam and Eve. The garden. Made in the image of God. This image broken, right? By their sin. And there, by the restorative work of Christ, there. By his blood, we are holy and righteous. 
all by what he has done. See, putting on new self is really, where is my righteousness? How do I know what my righteousness is? Why am I holy? From where does that holiness come? And the answer is Christ. Putting on the new self. Right? When the devil was terrifying Martin Luther, where did he flee? Did he go to the local store to get a new jacket for his new self? No, he, he dwelled upon his own baptism. I am baptized into Christ. I am baptized into Christ. And there he, he resided in who he was in the new self in the midst of the spiritual attack that he was facing. Faith and the gift given, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? All right, so, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And, and this is who they are. Remember, earlier, as I talked about it in the introduction, that's what they once were darkened in their mind. Now, it's not that they were perfect in their works, right? They were still sinners. They still faced the temptations. They still fell to sin. And, and, but now it was uh, not darkness on darkness, but as light children, as new children, they saw what was going on, and therefore, what is different is not a persistence in sin, not an apathy towards sin, but actually being convicted of sin because now they are new, and when these things happen, what happens? The reminder of putting on the new self. Dwell in your baptism. What does baptism indicate? That daily washing, drowning, dying, rising to new life. Jesus, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, confession, absolution, repentance, and forgiveness. Right? the word and the sacrament. And this is the life of faith, friends. Because at the end of the day, where does this always end on? The newness of life. And what is that newness? It is your holiness and righteousness covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, all of Jesus' work for the forgiveness of your sins. This is what the new life is all about. It's less of me and you and all of Christ, learning Christ, going back at it right here. Very important. Because our legalist heart is always saying what? You got to put on the new self. You got to put on this new self. You just got to get that garment on and be new. How am I made new? I got to do better. I got to be a better Christian. I got to follow the 10 steps on being a better Christian. I got to be, follow the 10 steps on being more holy or being more righteous. When in fact, putting on new self begins in what has already been given to you. Think about that. What joy that is, that you are made new, that you are already new and holy and righteous, all by the gifts given to you by God's grace, in Jesus Christ, his word and sacrament. So this is where they're at. And now with this, you know, with this um, tension of old and new, he continues on in verse 25 and following. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Right? So, when, when, when we speak of, uh, again, uh, this, this whole baptized into Christ. Uh, we know the reality of our old Adam, 
and there we are convicted. We, we, we retreat back to our baptism uh, by daily repentance and uh, with this contrition and repentance, and, and we rest in the forgiveness of sins of Christ in this newness of life. Here we see St. Paul saying what? He is saying, therefore, because of what I just told you about your new life, put away, again, this verbiage, this vernacular of put away falsehood. Because what is false is what is old. And what is old is what they are no longer. They are in the new life. Yes, they still face uh, the, 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 the terrible attacks of the old self. But here in the newness of life, this is what they are called to do. Third use of the law. Third use. Guide for Christians to follow. Therefore, since you are made new, put away falsehood and speak the truth with this neighbor, for we are members of one another. And this is, again, the law gospel. Uh, if you ever studied the commandments, um, which I encourage you to do. We just started Small Catechism Live on Thursday. Please join us for that. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to our YouTube channel and it'll all be there. Uh, but there's always that tension with the commandments, right? From the law to the gospel. And here we see um, in verse 25 about the lips, right? What is the tension that we see? We see not Pac-Man, but we see someone's lips. We see that we are called to speak the truth. But yet we know the tension, right? The new self put away, put on Christ, righteousness, joy, gospel, forgiveness. Speak of the truth. But yet the tension is there with the old. Well, I want to gossip. I want to teach false teaching. I want to teach words that will... Pleasure uh, uh, the culture uh, of this world. I, I want to teach a word that will attract people that appeases their own fleshly desires. I want to teach a false teaching that will bring many people in. Right? Or I want to speak poorly of my neighbor just so that my pride may be stoked. I want to speak bad about Sally over there because it makes me feel better when I speak behind her back. See, in the new life, you see a tension. In the old life, living in the old life as if there was no new life, you're not living in tension. You're just living by your own way. But in this new life, when these uh, opportunities come up about speaking, what is coming out comes from the heart. And there from the heart, there comes out uh, by that very opening, by the mouth. And St. Paul is saying... Put away falsehood and speak the truth. For we are members of one another. See, in this newness of life, we see the commandments definitely different. They're an opportunity to love and serve neighbor in the many and various ways that God has called us to. And in this case, by words, right? But when, we're, uh, but when we fall short of this in our old self, there we speak falsehood, we speak lies, we, we teach falsely, and we see how we are not trying to build up one another, but rather tear each other down. And this happens within church, this happens within the world, but here he is saying, you know, and it doesn't really specifically say what they're dealing with, but he's definitely encouraging them to build one another up, as we see right there in verse 16 as well earlier. 
Um, and, and this is the tension. So in this new life, when that moment comes at the water cooler or when you're talking about your boss with your coworkers or when you're at church and you're about to point the finger at someone else for uh, their critical or being critical about someone behind their back, it is in this new life where we remember St. Paul's words and we pray to the Lord. Uh, we also repent when we fall short, convicted of our sin, and, and there we go from that old to new, right? Contrition, repentance, the newness of life, what baptism indicates. And, and that is, uh, at the end of the day, how we learn Christ. There is a tension there, right? And uh, St. Paul is showing us the picture of what it means to live in the new life, to speak the truth. Now, verse uh, 26 right here says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Again, there's tension there, isn't there? Our old nature's anger is like a fireball, an avalanche, this rage monster that continues to just plunder and, and cause destruction and just is angry and ferocious and is doing all that it can, so blinded by the rage, by the fire, that there is no old self or new, well, there is old self. There is no new self, and that has nothing to do with their life. Right? Anger is so dangerous because what manifests is not only sin, but ultimately the neglect of not only not loving God, but also not loving neighbor. And this is where that old self is, this is where we see that tension, right? Um, I don't know if you've ever been angry before in your life. I'm assuming you have. Maybe um, someone cut you off on the highway and you um, say hello to them in a very, or <laughs> you greet them in a very inappropriate manner. Or let's say you're having an argument and it turns to anger and, and there in that very moment, the care of your neighbor is the, the least important uh, of, your, of your motivation, right? I think this, this Bible verse always goes back uh, to marriage a lot of times, right? Uh, we are not to... Uh, we are to honor and, and love our spouses uh, or, or husband and wife and, and, and not be angry in a sense where do not let the sun go down on your anger. That is, do not let it be pent up. Do not uh, bottle it up, but rather deal with it because we know how dangerous anger is. It blinds us um, and, and it, it, it puts us in that place where it, it progresses to sin. It progresses to the lack of love and, and service to our neighbor, and ultimately the lack of fear and love and trust in God above all things. And this is the danger of anger, and this is the tension, right? The old self, if we're living in their old self as the Ephesians were, let's say they were living in the futility of their minds, anger would just run rampant, and that's what would be their directive, their guide, and a lot of destruction would be done. And we know what that looks like. So in this new life, he is saying, the life baptized into Christ, the life under the body and blood of Christ, do not be angry. Do not, um, do not let this progress to sin. And don't let this uh, sin ruminate as the sun goes down on your anger. Deal with it, right? Because this is the new life. The care and love for your neighbor. Seek forgiveness from God and from neighbor, right? Um, but yet again, there's that tension. We know anger, that theme of anger there. All right. And verse 27, as we conclude today. Tension. Anger. Verse 25, 
tension, lips, words, true or false, old self, new self, old self, new self, old self, new self. Because at the end of the day, the culprit behind it all is 1 Peter 5, 8, verse 27. And give no opportunity to the devil. Because the devil is like a prowling lion waiting, waiting to devour and attack. His job is to attack you. You know, I told this example in Bible study, but here at the Santa Barbara Zoo in California, I know I would always take my kids there probably once or twice a year. And we'd always see the, uh, the, the lion there uh, in the exhibit. And every time I go to see this lion, you know what it is? He's laying on this rock, sun tanning, with this sea, the, the beautiful sun shining down on his body. And I look at this lion, and it's like, you know, he doesn't look that scary. Right? Look at him. He's just chilling, you know, taking in some sun. The giraffes are looking at the ocean as they could see it from their, from their pod or from their area. And, um, and yet, it also reminds me in those very moments, this is not how the devil really is. The devil is that prowling lion. He never sleeps. He never suntans, right? He never takes a, 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 a mental, a, 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 what is it, a mental break or a mental day or mental health day, right? He doesn't take time off. Uh, he, he's not taking a vacation. Um, he's not doing anything, right? He, he is always on the prowl, waiting for every opportunity. And that is the tension that we face. But it's in that tension where we find our great comfort. That in this tension, we live the new life, right? Yes, the old is still warring against us, but we have the answer. We're not living in darkness and and taking upon more darkness. But as children of light, we're not living in the old self and just taking upon more old stuff. No, we live as new. We live in the light. And therefore, in this new status, baptizing into God, remember, all God's gift, all God's work, all by the gospel, uh, we, we, we retreat back to our baptism. We retreat back to what God has given to us. And what he gives to us in the promise is that we are his own, reconciled to him, forgiven of our sins, covered by his body and blood, his death and resurrection, your baptism, right? This is where our newness of life resides. So though there is this reality of these tensions that are involved, you're not fighting this tension yourself. You are actually learning Christ and residing upon what he has done for you. Daily, we're growing in Christ. Because that growing in Christ, in the midst of that tension of old and new, is all about Christ. Our faith in what he has done. Don't you see it? And there we proceed in this life of faith. Um, In every opportune time that devil does, quite the sage he is. Yet, not sage-like enough. Does that even make sense? Not wise enough. Because we trust and retreat back to who we are as the new life, as the new self. And that trust is not in me or you. It's not in our feeling. It's not in our aura. It's not in what we think we bring to the table in our righteousness and holiness, but rather it is Christ. Right? Yes, we walk in danger all the way, as we spoke of last week in hymn number 716. But here we learn 
that we retreat back to what is new, and that is Jesus. All right. Why don't we close there today? Good stuff. Uh, Why don't we pray? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Lord, bless us in this very word as you continue to lead us in this new life. Lord, we know that there is a tension at hand, the the opportunity uh, that the devil is waiting to prowl as he's prowling and attacking us. Bless us in your wisdom and grant us your comfort, knowing full well that you have given us the gift of new self. Lord, continue um, to guide us in this very word uh, as uh, as you give us wisdom to discern what is truly happening in our lives. And bless us with faith, with contrition, repentance, and forgiveness as we live the new life in your redemption. Bless us, O Lord, in our baptism and guide us in your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me this day. And may this word go well with you. Look at it right there. A lot of stuff there. May this word go well with you. If you missed a part or you don't get a part or you need to rewind, please do that. But this is our board today. This is what we learned. Join us next week as we continue on in Ephesians chapter 4 and maybe chapter 5 as we uh, study St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. All right, friends. Have a wonderful day. Love you all. Praying for you all. Until next time, God bless you. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.